and welcome back to MJ Car React. This actually is going to be my first podcast, which is coming out, coming up this, um, what did I call it? Oh my god, the 28th. Um, I said the 18th, but I meant the 28th, so it is heading, it's coming soon, so in a week. So I'm going to try to edit this this weekend so it will be ready for next week. I didn't know what to do on my podcast and I think I will take some of my own episodes from YouTube and put it on there and just have a discussion. So what is MJ Drama Life Podcast about? Hello, I'm MJ. I am the host of this podcast and what is it going to be about? Um, Anything K-pop, K-drama, just a discussion um this one i'm in my car i'm on my way home right now and i'm playing music so let me turn my ac down it's not as hot out here but that's pretty much what it is i will do some on my way home i will do some at my house and just record and just have a conversation and just talk because i i love to talk um a little bit about me so that's what i'm going to really discuss a little bit in the first half of this podcast don't know how long it's going to be but the thing about it is just wanted to say a little bit about me thing about it is um a little bit about me i i am an older k-pop fan i currently live in north carolina i love where i live at i'm learning that there's more and more k-pop events if you hear music in the background it is bts on right now that's playing Try to turn down as low as I can. Turn it down a little bit lower. There you go. I don't want to be you guys just here in the car. But anyway, um, what do I do outside of trying to do this? Um, I work in social work, helping out people, love my job, and yeah. So how do I get into K-pop, K-dramas? Well, I have the full-on story and, and discussion in another podcast that I do with my two K-pop besties. It's called A3 Nunas. Um, you can find it here or wherever you get your podcast, or you can even find it on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel. So A3 Nunas. But yeah, um, I started listening to K-pop. I was lucky um, when I was a teenager. That was my first taste of it. I was lucky enough to live in Korea for two years um, during the late 90s and because my mom was in the military. So in my um, second and third year of high school, I was there and I got introduced, but I wasn't deep into it the way I am now. Um, I was happy enough to learn about it, love it, and then I moved back to the States. I moved to Georgia, and there's no K-pop in the South, especially in the like late night, early 2000s, there was none. I mean, I know Atlanta, Georgia, around that area, there's plenty of K-pop now. You know, you go to K-pop stores and everything like that, but during that time, for where I was at, there was none. So, you know, I was really in, that's when I was, and that's when I was introduced to, to hip hop, Southern hip hop, because when that started coming up, I was over in Korea and they didn't really play that stuff over there. Now you probably can find almost any type of music there, but at that time, you know, you really didn't, um, hear that music over there. 
very conservative and they filter out what they want people to hear or play or buy so but I think you know as time goes on you can find ways to get stuff and everything like that so anyway um you know years go on I go to school and everything and then me being a professional student that I am <laughs> yeah I, I drug out college longer than what I should have but I did, when I finally graduated college, I decided to go ahead and do the Disney program because I wanted to do it one time before, but now I decided to do it. And that was in 2006 to 2007. And I met a couple of castmates from South Korea and we had a conversation and they talked to me a, a little bit about K-pop. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, explaining that, how fun it is and all. You know and other things I was interested but I really still didn't get into it until I moved to Raleigh in 2007 um, what got me looking more into it was because of my co-worker who's from Asia she's from the, um, from the Philippines and you know just discussion I was telling her how I lived in Korea and her things about k-pop that I liked and all this other stuff and so she's like oh okay and so she's like, yeah, I know about a little bit about K-pop because her family tells her that stuff. So I started going down the rabbit hole. And I think right prior to that, a little bit before that, I was down the rabbit hole. And I started looking for groups and everything. And I think one of the first groups, because this is around 2007, 2008. Um, first it was Rain. Rain was one of the first solo artists. But then the first group was Big Bang. They were my alt, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I just kept going. You know, anything I could find. And as you guys remember, YouTube was still a baby back then. So even though I could find a lot of stuff on YouTube, you had to go to third-party websites to find some things and play it. Daily Motion was a good place to find stuff. But yeah, so that's how I got into it. And I don't think I got deep into it until around... 2012 yeah 2012 is when I moved to Missouri and I didn't realize this until um, one of my pen pals asked me what got you into BTS and when do you when did when do you realize you needed BTS the most or when did BTS impact you the most um, I found out and I well I figured it out was when I was in Missouri. That's when I really started getting to BTS. Because, was it 2012? Well, 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah, 2012. I'm, I'm mixing up my dates. But yeah, um, I didn't know anything about BTS until 2014 because I skipped over them when they first came out in 2013. I was like, whatever. But then I heard the song Just One Day and that was it that sold me on them. And I realized what made me also go down the rabbit hole with K-pop and K-drama was because of me living in Missouri and I felt alone. Yes, I had friends and I had my, at the time he was my fiance, my hubby, I had all that. I had a job, everything. I was finishing up my internship for, for grad school, all that. But I still felt that I was alone. Right now, Fly to My Room by BTS is playing. Um... And I think K-pop just made me feel good. It made me feel whole. It connected me to something that reminded me of home, um, especially the nostalgia with the 
you know, the music videos, the groups, all that. It, it just co connected me to home. So that's when I went deep in the rabbit hole, and <laughs> and I and I started watching and watching K dramas and listening to K pop like full time. That's all I was. And living in Missouri, I was able to go to my first K pop concert. It was during KCON in 2015 in New York. So I was able to do that. And I was ecstatic. I got to see who was it? Girls' Generation and Teen Top. I think Vix was there during that time. And so ever since then, until the pandemic, I went to KCON New York. So I went to 2015, 2016, 17, 18, and 19. And of course, I watched the first KCON Connect that was um, online for 2020 because of the fact um, we didn't have, you know, KCON because of the pandemic. So, with all that said, yeah. And what, how did I get in K-dramas? The last part is because of Rain. I, when I was searching more information about him, I didn't know he was a actor so I watched the first first drama I watched was Full House and I fell in love and then I just went down a rabbit hole from there and I think a couple of the other dramas I watched was um, the four season dramas Autumn in My Heart um, Winter Sonata I forgot the other two one is su something summer and there's a spring is it spring waltz anyway I watched those and I just Went, I'm, I'm, I'm whipped to uh, K-dramas, Chinese dramas, um, what other things, BL dramas, um, Thai dramas, yeah, I am, I am, I'm whipped, so that is pretty much it, my story about this, and what I, what I love and what I do, so now we're going to get into the little meat of this drive, <laughs> This, this podcast drive and talk about a couple little things and then we might do a little car react to some music because I wanted to go back through my BTS dis discography because I haven't listened to them in a while. So we'll be right back. I've taken a quick break and we are going to just have a conversation about some of the K-pop news and one of the things is blind loyalty. This is MJ and you're listening to MJ Drama Life K-pop podcast. All right, welcome back. Um, that was a quick little break. Um, butter, sweeter remixes playing if you hear it in the back. Um, it's almost like a DJ thing, you know. Am I in the right lane? Yes, I am. You know, driving, you still got to pay attention. So let's make sure I'm in the right lane to get home. So, anyway, what are we going to talk about? What is blind loyalty? I wanted to discuss a little bit of what blind loyalty is. Um, when it comes to K-pop and celebrityism um, and fans, 
and I think I had a little discussion um, in a separate drive um, to work where I talked about it, which I will probably upload that right after this or so. But anyway, the reason why, because there's been so many things going on, and I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the K-pop world that where something comes up and fans will defend to the end. So let me explain what I mean by blind loyalty. Blind loyalty is that you're you have you're loyal to somebody that you close your eyes, you wear like you know rose-colored glasses, and you're blind to the actions of the person, and you're gonna be loyal to them no matter what they do. Now, this is different than just regular loyalty. Loyalty can also mean that you are loyal to people because of what they mean to you, that they're your family, they're your close friends, but you're loyal to a certain point. You're not going to sit up here and turn a blind eye to if they do something negative. And I mean negative, I mean something where it's in the wrong, they hurt somebody, things like that. Um, you just don't turn a blind eye to that. You sit up here and you acknowledge what they do. You have a conversation with them and you don't support what they do, but you try to support them in order to get better. You support them in order to be better. You support them in order to learn from their mistakes and move forward. That is loyalty. But blind loyalty, there's none of that. What is that? Oh truck over here but blind loyalty you sit up here and you support them no matter what and you don't care what has happened you don't care that they did something wrong you feel they're innocent or even if they get proven guilty like we'll still wait for you you know it's okay everybody makes mistakes no and then also blind loyalty also comes in forms of when it comes to the music that artists put out. Now, I'm not just saying K-pop, but I see it a lot more in K-pop versus Western music, I think. Because I see people a little bit more blunt about Western music, and artists and fans can have those conversations in Western music. When it comes to music and stuff like that, the K-pop idol or group could do no wrong. Everything could be just peachy king. And people are loyal to the fault to where, yes, I understand you want your idol to, or idol group to do well. You want them to make that money. You want them to be number one. You want them to get recognized. However, when sitting there saying, supporting everything they do by making sure they get to number one or that they get the airplay and buy the album, I think it's a sense of false reality and blind loyalty. Because sometimes does not it doesn't mean that they're terrible. It doesn't mean that you don't support them. So I don't know. That's just me. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm not trying to say that's everybody, but that's how I see it. And of course, the whole thing with the BTS permission to dance was one thing that showed this whole issue with blind loyalty and not being able to handle something that isn't positive about a group 
or you know and I get it people have people can be cruel and mean and say some harsh things and I'm not saying that they should or should not but when it comes to free speech everybody has a right to say what they want but however everything you say comes with consequences everything you say has a reaction everything you do has a reaction and the reaction is is either positive or is a negative reaction or it's meh meaning nothing really happened it's just there you said it is there nothing really came out of it nothing really changed but then there is where there is something every time you do something or say something there is a reaction and I think sometimes when people do speak and have conversations sometimes they cannot be as mature as other adults or people of a certain age I mean being mature have a conversation with somebody you can agree to disagree but to get mad at people who sit up there and tell them to shut up and just like the music we don't like it don't say anything at all we understand I'm like who says that to people and if somebody sits up there and says you know what? I really never liked BTS anyway I think they were overblown I think that they were hyped up and everything like that and you know I really don't like their music and you know I listen to some of their things and the music that just came out now just proves my point why do you get them canceled tell them or or yell at them or say hey how dare you you don't know we're gonna list all the things that BTS did and this is the reason why if they don't like them let them not like them blind loyalty and blind loyalty to me causes havoc in the K-pop fandom. And what I mean by havoc is that you have people arguing over a computer about people they don't even know. Yes, you know the music, you are a fan, you know the music. They make the music for you, they make the music to make sure that you enjoy it, everything, get that. But you don't know everything about your idol and your idol, what they show you is more so a persona and something and a reason they show you this stuff is because they know what they need to do in order to get the fans not saying that they're mean cruel and just a whole you know different person but they but they don't show you them 100% fully you know what they show you is the artists and then they have themselves that they only show to close friends so blind loyalty, when you're loyal to somebody who you don't even know, it's, 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 it's a little scary. Now, I understand if you want to support them and somebody comes at them with malicious comments and malicious, I mean, something that, that could be very, very negative or, you know, something that is very harmful and hurtful, like saying... Uh, they have done drugs when they really haven't. Um, they're sloppy drunks when they're not. Or they don't pay for stuff when they do. That's a whole different story when it comes to militias and sitting there and supporting them and say, Hey, you know, I wish these people wouldn't say these things about this, you know, this idol group. How do they know? What's to prove? I, I, I get that. But another reason why I'm saying about blind loyalty is because right now, a new thing just popped up, and we're going to talk about that. I know I'm not transitioning very well, but we're going to talk about that after this break, this quick break, 
because there is a new development in K-pop land or K-pop world where blind loyalty is being shown again. So we'll be right back. And this is BTS Blue and Gray. with Blind Loyalty, we still have Blue and Gray playing the back by BTS, and the last part of this conversation, because like I said, it's going to be a quick podcast, it's not going to be like a little long one, and I might put my other little clip in here, but anyway, meaning that when it comes to Blind Loyalty, your idol, so I'm going to discuss this, and I'm not going to try to get too in deep into it, because it's, I don't like the topic as much, but Chris Wu, if nobody knows who Chris Wu is, he used to be part of EXO. Um, he is very famous in China. After he left left EXO, he has been doing very well. Well, apparently back in May of this year, a 19-year-old influencer came out and said Chris Wu has sexually assaulted her and has sexually assaulted or engaged in, <laughs> in crimes where he has slept with underage girls or sexually assaulted underage girl at least about 30 of them according to his influencer chris Wu and his staff would sit up here and entice girls um by saying they're going to um what is it to these casting parties these meetups and they go there and then they'll take their um their phone and they can't um, use their phone um, and then they'll get the girls drunk and then they end up sleeping with them all these things Chris Wu has denied these allegations and there's a whole bunch of allegations out there from the young influencer who's 19 and other women apparently not sure how true this is but apparently on Chinese chat rooms there is other girls coming out corroborating the story with the 19 year old influencer and sitting up there and agreeing and saying all their stories with their interaction with Chris Wu and his staff and things like that so there's a whole bunch of stuff to this story so I'm not even going to get into it so what I mean by blind loyalty is that there's a handful of fans who are sitting there and it could be like I said who are sitting there saying that they think this is a scam that there's no way you could do this the girl is salty because he broke up with her now I believe that might be partly true not not her being salty or anything but that they did date for a bit not 100% sure but that they had a relationship of some sort and they may have engaged in sexual relations or maybe and then apparently he broke it off with her and after he broke it off with her, or you know, she, <laughs> you know, she got upset. Um, 
because also with this whole thing um sorry guys I'm trying to pay attention here anyway she got upset because they broke it off he broke it off with her and he yeah according to Chris Wu he only met her a couple times or maybe once I don't know but the fact that had a heart attack. Someone almost hit me. <laughs> they weren't paying attention. I have my clicker on. I know my clicker's on. I'm in a turn lane. <laughs> anyway, let me go back and repeat this part. But apparently him and Chris, her and Chris Wu had a relationship of some sort. I don't know. And maybe they did have sexual relations. I don't know. But apparently... It ended somehow, their relationship, everything, it ended. And now she may be upset at the fact that she doesn't want her anymore. But then she said, but then she has provided receipts of certain text messages of, of this so-called number that he used to use and his wingman or middleman used to use. So I don't know. But my main thing is the blind loyalty part is that people are trying to prove that he's innocent. And right now, disease is playing by BDS. But to me, in the back of my mind is, how do you know? We weren't there. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. I don't know. And to just sit here and just dismiss this girl right off the bat, we have no idea what happened. We weren't there. Could she be lying? She could be. She could be flat out lying and it could be what some people, some people speculate is that she's sitting up here because she's a little salty. Or it could be true to some extent. What I said on an online post is that there's three sides. His truth, her truth, and the actual truth in the between. And with anything when it comes to anybody and they have a story, guess what? There is some layer of truth to their story. So there's something truthful about what she's saying. We don't know how much. And there's something truthful about what he's saying. But we don't know which. And guess who's going to sort this thing out? The courts. And yes, I'm not sure how China's legal system when it comes to victims of sexual assault. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it favors the assailant or the victim, I don't know. And if it does, you know, favor more the assailant than the victim, that is sad. I don't know any of that. I don't know how that goes, but as fans, we have to be more neutral when it comes neutral when it comes to this because even if you sit up here and say, "Hey, I really wish he wasn't he didn't do this. I hope it's not true. I hope he yeah, that's fine, but to sit up here and call this girl outright a liar, or to sit up here and call the other girls liar, it's enough. Blind loyalty. And it also happened with the Burning Sun scandal. Now, this is what I said, and this is the only reason why I stood up for, um, uh, uh, what is his name? I'm the guy from Big Bang, Sungry. Only reason why is because there's a lot of things coming out that as we know and from the court's papers weren't true 
and people kept thinking he was involved with the drugging of the girls and all that stuff that wasn't it now to me i think what he what happened with him was he got himself hooked up and wrapped up into this whole trying to what do you call it he was trying to sit up here and fill a void by feeling important and feeling wanted because when he was in big bang he seemed like he was the outcast and even when you know the guys get um what you call it endorsements or you know items from big labels or designers and stuff like that they give him the least expensive thing and for him he was like wow you know where i'm ring on the totem pole so it seems like he didn't feel that he was wanted and so he made that up by going to these parties he's very charismatic and because of that fact people flocked to him but then he flocked to the wrong people these people who he's hanging out with were horrible people and now you have this whole thing where this is it for his life will he go to prison i don't know i'm not sure if he'll go to prison i'm not sure if he'll sit up here and um you know not have any consequences i do believe that he is right now like i said he's doing in the military and hopefully he's doing fine and whatever is going to happen but my thing about it is is that some of the things that they accused him of i don't <laughs> this is my take if it's uh i think they should make prostitution legal make it safe and regulate the hell out of it just like they're regulating marijuana because if you want to now this is if you are of age of course and you are a sound mind and body and you want to use your assets to make money i have no problem with that women and men do that all the time it doesn't mean you actually sleep with somebody you know women and men do it all the time to sell their assets sell their beauty sell themselves to make money models sell their bodies and everything to make money so if you go to that next step what's the difference but anyway I didn't think that was the worst of it all but what I thought what was worse was he not being aware of who the people who was around the whole tax invasion and fraud the whole thing of sitting up here you know the gambling thing you know what, what's gonna happen if you go out and gamble and stuff like that because you're a celebrity you got to be careful with stuff like that so everything else that came up with him was just horrible However, I'm not going to sit there and support any of that stuff because that's not... No, he deserved to be punished. He deserved to get what he gets. And hopefully now he will sit up here and learn to pick better friends. You know? Do I think he'll be back in the entertainment industry? I think my ideal, I think, a possibility of a yes. I think it might be probably a while you probably probably be give another 10 years i know that's a long time i think he'll be back in 10 years probably less than that because someone will ask him to tell his story and everything and that's when he'll come out and tell a story and then little by little he'll start coming out doing little bits in here and, and there will he be like as big as he was before no not at all i don't think he is i think he was a good-hearted person based on from watching him on different variety shows and everything but and also listening to his bandmates because they're giving hints about all this stuff and watch little documentaries about big bang and little things like that 
but he got himself wrapped up. And so as fans, we can, to me, you could be loyal to support and make sure that they're okay and support them and hopefully that they'll be able to still have a life afterwards. But to support negative actions and things where they cause harm to somebody else or where they sat there and invaded somebody else's space and personal bubble, it's not cool for me. So that's what I mean by blind loyalty. Um, I'm at the store, which is... I wonder why it's packed on a Thursday. But I gotta run in and go get some stuff. So I hope everybody having a good day. And I probably will insert my other little part about blind loyalty into here. So thank you for listening to me for my first podcast. Um, I think on the way home I will do a blind car react. Which I may add to the end of this maybe. Or if not I'll just do it separate. And do the blind car react to... BTS, my BTS playlist. But thank you anyway. My name is MJ. I am the host of this podcast, MJ Drama Life. You can follow me on my social medias, MJ Drama Life. Yes, sound exactly what it sounds like. Also, like I said, I'm part of the other another podcast called A3 Nuna's K pop podcast. You can find that. Um and yeah, thank you so much. I will talk to you guys later. Um, hope this discussion was good. I know it's a little random, but I'll get better at this. I'm determined to get better. You guys have a blessed day, and again, when I say, instead of sparking drama, why don't you watch one? A K-drama. I'll talk to you guys later, and here is BTS, your eyes can tell. Your eyes tell, sorry.